0: You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first Crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.
1: Through 25 seasons... 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world.
2: I really never thought of it that way.
1: The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Uh, Today, it was the crime that became a national obsession. At the center of the storm stood a 17-year-old high school senior named Amy Fisher. She was charged with shooting her lover's wife, Mary Jo Buttafuoco. She has never told her full story until today. She was Long Island's most notorious teenager, known as the Long Island Lolita. For months, the country sat ringside at what was truly a media circus. Amy's name was splashed across newspapers every day and every night. She led the evening news. All three major TV networks made movies about her life. There were comic books, trading cards, even a musical about the near-fatal attraction between the high school student and the auto mechanic. It all started when 16-year-old Amy met 36-year-old Joey Buttafuoco. Despite her age and his marriage, the two began an illicit relationship that involved almost daily visits to his boat or motels. On an afternoon in 1992, Amy would make a fateful choice, confronting Joey's wife, Mary Jo, at their home. At that moment, Amy pulled out a gun and shot her in the head at close range. Miraculously, Mary Jo survived, partially paralyzed, and identified Amy as her assailant. Amy was arrested. She told police of her affair with Joey Botafuco. Charges and countercharges flew back and forth as Joey denied Amy's claims. All the while, Mary Joe Botafuco stood by her man. Amy pled guilty to reckless assault. Shortly after entering her plea, Amy took an overdose of pills and had to have her stomach pumped. She said, She wanted to die. She was later sentenced to 15 years in prison. Joey maintained his innocence for months before finally admitting that he did have sexual relations with the teenager.
0: I had sexual relations with Amy Fisher at the Freeport Motel. When a 37-year-old man is having a relationship with a 16-year-old girl, I don't call it an affair. I call it rape.
1: He was sentenced to six months in jail for statutory rape. Amy Fisher served seven years of a 15-year sentence. Since her release, she has worked hard to stay out of the public eye. So Amy just turned 30, is now married, and is expecting her second child. And today, Amy is asking all of us to forget everything we ever thought or knew about her. She's told my producers that she is ready to tell us the whole story, everything that happened for the first time. Please welcome Amy Fisher to the show. Relax, it's okay.
0: You haven't heard about number crispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've
2: ever heard.
1: 5 years ago you changed your whole name, your social security number, and 3 years ago you had extensive plastic surgery. Why?
2: you know what, I just didn't want to be Amy Fisher anymore. Mm-hmm. Or actually, I didn't want to be the Long Island Lolita. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to start my life over. You know, I wanted to do positive things. And um, I just felt like, you know, Amy Fisher was such a horrible person. And, um, you know, I was really uncomfortable with who I was.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you changed your name? I changed. I tried to change my name. I know you can life. change
1: your name, but can you change who you are?
2: I, I figured out that... You can't change who you are. You can't run from you from who you are. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's why I'm
1: here, because mm-hmm. I'm more comfortable with me. So the time that you spent in prison, did you at that time come to some kind of realization about your own sense of responsibility for what you had done?
2: You know what? That, that took a while mm-hmm. to get to that point, because I, I mean, I had everybody around me, uh, obviously people that cared about me saying it's Joey's fault, and if it wasn't for him, she would have never did anything like this. So I never, you know, even though I had the media saying I was horrible, Mm -hmm. I never really took responsibility. And it got to a point when I was in prison where I said, you know what, I'm here for a reason. And I started to think about why I was there and what I did. And I started to take responsibility for what I
1: did. Mm -hmm. How do you explain what you did?
2: I mean, obviously, there's no, um, rational explanation other than, you know, I was a kid and it, it sounded like glamorous or, you know, I guess those kids say cool at the time, and it didn't seem real. It seemed very abstract mm-hmm. until it all happened. And it was like the second it happened, I wanted to take it back. Oh, my God, you know, I just wish I didn't do it. But you can't take something like that back.
1: Mm-hmm. So take us through exactly what happened to you the day that you You shot her. It's so surreal.
2: I actually went to kill this woman that I never knew, you know, because Joey said she was terrible. Joey didn't want her around. And I was so insecure that, you know, I wanted him to love me.
1: How long had you been having the affair with him? About a year. A year. And at any time did he talk to you about um, killing his wife?
2: Well, that's how it, it, you know, transpired, you know. I didn't think of this on my own, um, you know. And at 16 years old, you know, I looked up to him. I thought he you was cool. You were in love with him? You know what, I don't know if it's so much I was in love with him. He was like a, a father figure to me. And mm-hmm. you know, I kind of had a troubled home life, and he was there, and he was nice. And I just, he was an adult. So by him being nice to me, I, you know, I wanted Please him. I wanted him to be happy. And how did the affair start? How did the affair start? He was fixing my car, and my father had dropped me off at his auto body place to pick up my car, right? And just dropped me off and left. Uh huh. And Joey had said, "Your car's not ready." So I said, "Okay, I'll go call my dad, and he'll come bring me home." He says, "Oh no, no, it's okay. I'll drive you home." So I said, "Gee, this is a nice man. He's going to drive me home." Okay. And he has to come in my house, and he threw me on my bed and started telling me he loved me. And I was thinking in my head. I just remember my head spinning, saying, oh, wow, this man loves me. Mm-hmm. I never had a man tell me they love me before. hmm You know, and I thought that was just
1: Yeah. You say so in your book that neat. now, you say that, you know, he threw you on the bed, he had sex with you. And in your mind, he's now my boyfriend. Well, after that, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. You know. Okay, so where were your parents, Amy? You're 16. You're having an affair with a 37-year-old man. I didn't really have a great
2: relationship with my father. My mother worked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they really—they had this philosophy that I was a good kid. Mm-hmm. They didn't—they just didn't ask the questions, and even if they did ask the questions, you I would have lied. lied.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to go back to the to the to the day. Where did you even get the gun?
2: Unfortunately, it's so easy for kids to get guns, especially in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked a friend of mine, and she says, oh, yeah, okay, I'll get you a gun. Okay. knew a kid that got a gun, and that was it. Okay.
1: And he had on several occasions that you say in your book that he had said, um, you know, you want to kill my wife for me, and then laugh about it, and then say, oh, no, I'll, I'll do it myself.
2: Yeah. And I, I couldn't have him do it himself, because what if something bad happened to him? And I just thought he was the greatest thing in the world.
1: Because he would say to you, he would say to you, oh, if, if I go to jail, will you miss me? Is that true, that he would say, if I go to jail, will you miss me? And he would say to you, oh, if you did it, you're a kid, they don't put kids in jail.
2: I was so sheltered, you know, and I didn't know anything about prisons other than what you see like in a TV movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't know kids could get in trouble any more than having their parents yell at them. Uh I had no idea. I was so naive.
1: So you were taking this on to go to her house and shoot her, to kill her. I was. Uh huh. And you were doing this because?
2: I thought this was what Joey wanted at the time. And I just had no identity my own, no self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was doing this great thing for him. And this man would be happy. And he would love me forever
1: mm-hmm. and
2: think I just did the greatest thing for him. And because he was nice to me,
1: mm-hmm. you know, I
2: thought I was doing this nice thing for him, not realizing how horrible this is. Forget about it being a, a crime,
1: mm-hmm. just,
2: I mean, like,
1: morally just disgusting. So you went there with the intent to shoot her dead?
2: I did. I just thought I was going to go there, shoot her, walk away, like a TV movie, Mm -hmm. and never think about it again. Yeah. Yeah, And I get there, and Mary Jo opens the door, and here's this person. And it's like, oh, wow, she's alive. She's a person. She's talking.
1: Yeah. And up until then, you just heard him talk about her?
2: Yeah. I never met her. Mm -hmm. She was like an abstract concept it wasn't even a person Mm -hmm. that we were talking about Mm -hmm. and i panicked and i ended up talking to her and what did you say and all she kept saying was who are you what did you say to her and i remember just making up a name Mm -hmm. and her asking me are you the daughter of so-and-so and I just remember my head spinning, I got to get out Did you tell her I'm
1: here. having an affair with your husband or... No, I Did didn't. I said... Did her husband at all? No,
2: I said, like, my friend or my sister was, because she kept asking me questions and I would answer with these answers that obviously weren't true just to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want her to know who I was. Okay. Because I wanted to get out of there and I didn't want her to tell Joey that I had been there and I didn't want him to be mad.
1: Okay. What went through your head when you saw her lying there on the ground?
2: I just remember panicking, Mm -hmm. running away, and being scared. And And not even, I wasn't even thinking about her. All I was thinking about was me. Yeah. And
1: did you, so you had no remorse at the time at all?
2: I don't think I didn't understand, you know, what I was feeling at the time. I think it took actually probably years to actually experience true, true remorse and, really have a concept of the gravity of what I did. Mm-hmm. It took a long time. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's amazing she's alive, because you, sh- you shot her point close range, did you not?
2: I remember just, like, hitting her with the gun. And everybody kept saying, well, you know, the people around me, why would you hit her with the gun? Why would you do that? And I finally realized I didn't want her to go in the house and call Joey and tell him that I had been there and basically that I failed doing what he wanted me to do. So you're saying
1: you hit her with the gun before you shot her?
2: No, I never shot her. I just hit her with it, and it went off. You hit her with it, and yeah. it went off. Mm-hmm. Which it's the same thing. I mean, yeah. I definitely like intended
1: to, you know, hurt her, stop her, even kill maybe her. kill her. I no, mean, it just, you just told me 10 minutes yeah. ago that you went there with the intention I to did. kill her. I did. To kill her. Okay. After serving seven years in prison, Amy is now here telling us what she says is the whole. Story. She has a a new book called If I Knew Then, where she writes uh, candidly about everything that has happened to her. This is what she wrote about Joey Buttafuoco, you say, in the book, at the time I didn't realize what he really was. He was just a fat old slob who happened to be nothing more than a common criminal. He got me to do a lot of terrible things, which I did, you say, because I was under his spell. If you are mixed up, you're a mixed up kid with no self-esteem and you're encouraged to act recklessly by an adult who says he loves you, that is a recipe for disaster. And that's what you were. That's true. A recipe for disaster. How did you get caught?
2: Policemen stopped me in my car, asked me to come with them. I went with them, and I was caught.
1: Mm I mean, Because you weren't even trying to hide or trying to do anything.
2: Joey said I was a kid. I wouldn't get in trouble. And I was so brainwashed. I thought, I remember turning on the news and they said that Mary Jo was going to live. So in my mind, okay, made up the story. Never told her my name, so Joey wouldn't tell on me. He loved me. He was my friend. He was going to protect me. So I just went about my life, Mm -hmm. never thinking that How soon
1: after the shooting were you caught? Two days. Two days. Mm hmm And so... Did you hear from Joey at all? No. Never. No. And so who turned you in? Um, Well, I found out
2: later that Joey ended up turning me in when he was confronted. Uh, Joey did. Supposedly. The
1: police said that, you know. Well, in your book, you say, somehow, why you shot Mary Jo? I have no idea other than I wanted to impress Joey. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be loved. And I didn't understand that what I did was a horrific thing that ruined many lives. I didn't realize that somebody could be wiped off the face of the earth, that what I did could actually physically affect another person. It was all about me, and that's the biggest thing.
2: It, it took me a long time to actually admit to myself that I did this because I was selfish.
1: hmm And
2: finally, once I could admit it to myself, now I could admit it to the world. Mm-hmm. But that's a really,
1: it's a hard thing to admit. Okay, so how did you feel when, Okay, you've done this for your lover, and uh, you're 16. It's not, it is, it is rape. It is rape. But you consciously made a choice to have an affair with him. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So you have this affair. You've had this affair for a year. You go so far as to even shoot his wife because you think that's what he wanted you to do. Correct. And then he says, this girl's a liar. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she's talking about. What do you think when you hear that?
2: I was confused because I I thought this man, he just made me feel like I was the only thing on earth.
0: hmm
2: I thought he loved me, that I thought he was my friend, and he was so nice to me. Okay.
1: And I heard when the police tried to get you to incriminate him, you still covered up for him. Is that true? I did because
2: I thought he was my friend and he was just, I can't even describe how nice he was, like, gentle, soft-spoken. It seemed like everything he said was for my benefit, mm-hmm. but the reality was everything that he would tell me really was to my detriment, mm-hmm. but, I, you know, I didn't see that for a long time.
0: You haven't heard about the at Crispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first Crispy bite either. Go, try it for yourself to hear the best nut sound you've ever
1: heard. Okay. Amy admits that she worked as a prostitute during the time she was with Joey Butterfugel. you uh, how did that happen?
2: Um, it was an escort service. Mm-hmm. I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. and I never even heard of an escort service. And
1: Joey did Butterfugo, you have to sleep with men? I did. Okay. So escort makes it sound better.
2: I thought it was a, a, a dating service where you escort men, mm-hmm. how naive, mm-hmm. out to dinner and social events, mm-hmm. until the first time I got dressed up and went out. Mm-hmm.
1: And I had... What did Joey me. tell you? How did this happen? Because you're 16. You're living in a small community. You didn't know about an escort service. So tell us how this happened.
2: He said that you date men and mm-hmm. it's a job and they pay you money. And I said, oh, great. I get to go out to dinner and eat and get paid?
1: hmm
2: I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. Mm-hmm. sounded too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went out, I realized that's not what it was when some man was, had me pinned against the wall.
1: Okay. And so then, so why did you continue?
2: I ended up being really embarrassed, not wanting to tell Joey or anybody else, you know, what had happened. So I remember finally telling him, okay, I did this, thinking that he's going to comfort me and say, it's okay, and, you know, obviously you're not going to do this again. And I remember him saying, you know, you have sex with your body, not with your mind. It's no big deal. Look at all the money you got, and you can keep doing it. And I don't know why. I just kept doing it, even though I didn't want to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Obviously,
2: I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point where I didn't know how to get out of it.
1: So no charges related to prostitution were ever brought against Joey, and he denies those allegations, you know?
2: Actually, no charges were ever brought against the escort service. Nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't do it for that long a period of time. I didn't know how to say no. I had no self-esteem, no Mm -hmm. mind of my own. And I remember saying to myself, I don't want to do it. But then I just didn't know how to not do it. Say, you know, I'm a person. I don't like this. And I'm not doing it. I just didn't have the backbone to do that.
1: Amy Fisher served seven years in prison for shooting Mary Jo Buttafuoco. In your book, you write about the day you arrived in prison. I thought this was interesting. You said, I saw men tough-looking guys with beards, muscles, and tattoos. And I immediately went to call my mother. And I asked her, did you know this place is co-ed? There are men here. She freaked out and immediately called the prison. And they finally figured out on the other end that, no, these were women with hormone problems.
2: Really, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny at the time. You say lesbians that so they
1: referred to as... Aggressors. So are... these were women who'd had hormones, something? And they,
2: they let their beards grow. They do it on purpose. Uh-huh. Or they shave their heads to look like men.
1: And that was your introduction to prison. Hello. <laughs> in the book, you also wrote that you were tortured and raped in prison. By prison guards. You say you were so naive that the guards would be nice to you. This is what you say. I think this person is being so good to me. He cares about me. And then all of a sudden, they would jump on you and force you to have sex. How many times did that happen? Three. Three times, really. Tell us about the time you were being carried by the guard from one place to the other, and you had a dress on, and the guy Uh, who looked like Fred Flintstone, uh, you said. I
2: was being transported uh, through a brick building, through Mm -hmm. um, a back staircase, and I was all alone with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there was nobody there, nobody to hear me. And he just threw me against the wall, and I was terrified.
1: The guard did. He did. Mm-hmm. And raped you. He did. Mm-hmm. And you and told no one?
2: Who am I going to tell? I told my family. You know, I figured they would call. They would complain. They, the prison system would do something. They would protect me. It's a, and, yeah, I learned it doesn't Did work everybody know
1: who you were by the time you arrived? Were you sort of...
2: They did. Famous in prison? They would ask me for autographs and, you know, and ask me about TV movies and how much money I made. And it was just, it was so bizarre because here I am in prison, mm-hmm. wearing the same prison uniform they are, mm-hmm. facing a lot of time in prison for a very serious offense. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was infamous or a celebrity. I certainly didn't want to give autographs, or talk about TV movies. You know, it was just there How was... were you
1: feeling in those early days in the prison? You were feeling what?
2: Very shy, isolated, alone, mm-hmm.
1: and embarrassed. And you write in your book, If I Knew Then, the prison would tell my mother, your daughter, she has an active imagination, she's lying, and then it would get back to all the guards, and they'd say to me, you're making problems for my buddy. And so they'd lock you in the cage again. Is this for telling?
2: They would, or they would you know, take my belongings and throw them all over the hallway or urinate in my food, you know, they, they would do things to say, we're in control, you're not, and shut up,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And then I would be quiet for a while, and, you know, I wouldn't complain about the little things. You know, but it was, it was very hard. But you realize you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, my family cared, but nobody within the prison system cared, you know. And they used to say, oh, Amy Fisher, the prima donna, she's complaining again. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Years later, you met her. Um,
2: for about five seconds in in a courtroom. Okay. Um,
1: And that was the first time you'd seen her since you shot her? Correct. Okay. Okay. I remember
2: just wanting to hug her and the guard just, I think he pulled her away or me.
1: But you had an opportunity to look her in the eye and say, I'm sorry.
2: I did, yes.
1: Mary Jo wrote a letter to the District Attorney asking him to release Amy early. And this is part of what she wrote. She says, I have come to the conclusion that Amy Fisher has spent enough time in jail as punishment for her crime. I have given the matter a great deal of thought and prayer. It is right and good that I can now say that I forgive Amy Fisher. It is a place... She continues to say, It is a place I have only been able to reach through grace. For that I am grateful. I hope that you will take into account my wishes when you decide how to proceed with this case. Very truly yours, Mary Jo Badafoucault. That's a lot. I think that is a lot. You shot her in the face, neck, and went there with the intent to kill her, and she has the grace to forgive you.
2: You know what? At the time, I couldn't believe that she did that. I just thought, wow, she must be, like, one terrific person to be able to do that, because I said, if I was in her position, would I be able to do that? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, that's what... And I, I honestly well, I said, yeah. I, don't I don't know if I could have did that. I don't know. So that was pretty deep.
1: And what do you think of what you did today? I mean, you have some time and you've had your own child. When she was sitting there saying that, you almost took her away from her children. And now you have a child and expecting another child. What do you, What is your perspective from where you sit today?
2: What I did to Mary Jo actually impacts me more today than it, it did for years. You know, once I became a mother and I realized, you know, just um, what her position was and, you know, how deep it is to be a mother and what I did to her, I think about it a lot, privately to myself. I don't, I don't talk about it, you know. And I, I think about what is she doing? Is she happy? Because I feel like I took so much away from her, you know. And I wanted to give something back, but what do you, what do you say? I mean, you can't say, "Gee, I'm, I'm sorry for shooting you." You know, it's yeah, you it's can. not enough. Yeah, it's like can. I feel like I, I should have did something like miraculous for her, and I just, I just feel so bad.
1: Let me ask you this: since that brief five second encounter that you had and you looked her in the eye have you had another encounter with her i never have you never have never. have you written her or tried to contact her in any way
2: no we just
1: you know that always just astounds me i'm always astounded by that and i hear this a lot from you know not from people who shot other people but like terrible things happen between people and then they they never say i'm sorry they never say i'm sorry Mm-mm. so Look in the camera right now. If she were here right now, what would you want? What would you want to say to her? All these years have gone by and you have never spoken to her.
2: You know, if she wanted to meet with me, I certainly would. But I didn't want to push the issue because I don't want to. I don't want to cause her any more pain. I don't want it to be more hurtful for her. Mm-hmm. If she wanted to meet me, even after all these years, I mm-hmm. certainly would. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to push myself and I don't want to, make her relive something by looking at me if she doesn't want to.
1: Mm-hmm. You know that that's her choice. But what do you want in your heart of hearts? Looking choose you pick a camera, that okay. one right there. In your heart deep inside yourself and in those private moments that you have and had many thoughts I would imagine over the years. What do you want to say to her?
2: Just that I you know I take full responsibility for what I did to her and I'm I'm very, very deeply sorry. And, you know, to me, sorry, it doesn't even sound like enough to say. And, you know, now I realize, you know, everything that I took away from her. You know, at the time, I thought, well, okay, I shot her, and and she's alive, and she's healed, so she'll go on. And I didn't realize fully what I took from her emotionally and what I took from her children and her parents and everybody that loved her. And it took years to realize just what I took from her life that I can never give back to her. So for that, I'm sorry.
1: In 2003, Mary Jo divorced Joey, ending their 26-year marriage. Recently, Joey had another brush with the law. He was just released from jail after serving five and a half months for insurance fraud. Joey and Mary Jo are engaged to other people and both live in the Southern California area. There was another young girl deeply affected by Amy and Joey's affair, Jessica Botafuco, Mary Joe and Joey's daughter. She heard that you were coming on, so she sent us a letter. And this is part of what she wrote. She says, I am the daughter of Mary Joe and Joey Botafuco, and my life has been tremendously affected by Amy Fisher's actions. From the past until now, she intentionally held a gun to my mother's head and pulled the trigger, a fact I can never understand nor let go. For the past 12 years, I have thought about Amy Fisher and how she's affected my life every day. Sincerely, Jessica Barofuco." Did you think about, did he talk about his kids at all with you?
2: He did, but, you know, when I was a kid myself, mm-hmm. so I didn't really understand the gravity of, your father, you have children. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't understand what being married was. This man was running around, having a good time. He, You know, now I know that I'm married, that, you know, men stay home with their wives. They don't go out with other women. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, I was a kid myself, so I couldn't really understand that, you know, he had children or that Mary Jo had children. What do you think of him today? I think he's a person that never grew up, and he has a lot of problems. And he's been arrested several times since this whole ordeal began. And um, unfortunately, he's never taken control of his life or, like, been accountable for his own actions. Mm-hmm. He just um, doesn't learn.
1: We contacted Joey for a statement. He declined, but told us through his lawyer that he would be happy to come on the show with you for $50,000.
2: Oh, yeah, for $50,000.
1: <laughs> and a car, but I uh, <laughs> 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 okay, okay. no. Well. No, I'm only kidding. No, but uh, we don't pay our guests, so. So, This is what you wrote in the book about forgiving. You say about forgiving Joey. You say, there are plenty of people who've done bad things to me in my life, and I forgive them. Do you forgive the prison guards?
2: I don't forgive the prison guards. It's something, you know, I have to live with that for my whole life. That's...
1: But you also say, I cannot forgive Joey, because he took me when I was so young and fragile and you say, he ruined my life, and if it weren't for him, I would have gone on doing wacky, stupid teenage things. I would have grown up like everybody else does. I wouldn't have harmed his wife and, through that act, hurt her children. I wouldn't have been in prison. I wouldn't have been the Long Island Lolita, and I blame him for that. He's a sexual predator, and he has never paid for it. For somebody to be so awful, so vicious, so cold-hearted, to not accept that he did anything wrong, and go on living his life in such a a horrible criminal manner. How could I forgive him?
2: That's how I feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Ooh, I gotta take a deep breath. I look back on all those dark times, and I never thought that I'd get to the place that I am today. If people want to keep calling me the Long Island Lolita, that's fine. I can accept it, but it's not really who I am. I'm 30 now. I'm married. I have a three-year-old son have another baby on the way, and finally, my life seems calm and together. I met my husband on Match.com.
0: On our first date, we were discussing our lives and came up during the conversation that she was Amy Fisher. I can't imagine that she committed this crime knowing her today.
2: No parent ever wants to think that their child will view them as a bad person. When the time comes and my son asks me about my past, I'm going to be honest with him. I'm going to tell him everything I did. All I can do is explain to him that everybody has a past. And the whole point is to learn from our mistakes and to be a better person. I started working for the Long Island Press about two and a half years ago. I write a column. It's my way of throwing in my two cents about everything that's happening in the world. There are a lot of times that I think about things I did in my past. I'll either think about what I did to Mary Jo, or I'll even think about personal things that I did, and say, wow, how did I do those things? There was a point where I chose a path of destruction, and I ruined my life through my own
1: actions. And now I realize that we all control our own destiny. Well, one of the things she said is that the hardest part of moving on is forgiving yourself. Is that true? Have you forgiven yourself? That is. Yourself?
2: That's, that is the hardest part. I do I still haven't forgiven myself because, you know, like, even being here today and seeing Mary Jo and talking about the shooting, I realized that I still haven't completely forgiven myself. And I don't know if you ever can forgive yourself for something like that. You just deal with it. You try to be a better person. Or even you try to, like, overcompensate and be, like, say I'm going to be the best person to, try to like, make up for something that you really can't undo. It's very difficult.
1: hmm Sitting here listening to you today, I, I think the most important gift any parent can give their children, especially their daughters, is a sense of self-esteem. Because if you had some self-esteem... <laughs> that is the absolute truth. This doesn't happen to girls who have a sense of self-worth about themselves. They don't get, you know... You wouldn't you would have seen the game for what it was a lot sooner. That's
2: why Mm -hmm. I'm here today. Mm -hmm. For for basically the last five or six years, I've been invited on talk shows, um, you know, invited to do many different things through the media Mm -hmm. outlet. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I just wanted to basically hide under a rock, pretend Mm -hmm. I wasn't Amy Fisher, and go on with my life. And I realized maybe somebody can, like, benefit from my story, or, Mm -hmm. you know, realize that, you know, what I went through, you don't have to go through it, Mm -mm. you know? And that, you know, we've all done things that we're not proud of. We've Mm -hmm. made mistakes, some more severe than others. But it doesn't have to define who we are, and it doesn't have to control our entire lives. We can go on. We can be productive, and we can do really good things. So, you know, that's... That's really why I did this. hmm
1: I see this all the time, particularly with young girls. I was also a young girl who didn't feel loved at home. And when you don't get it at home, you're outside the household asking everybody to love me, love me, love me, love me. It's really, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. It's true. And it's the true. ones
2: that are willing to love you, mm-hmm. probably the ones that you shouldn't let love you. It's
1: true. It's true. You have to learn to love yourself. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Okay. So she told you on the first date? She did. On the first date. And what did you think?
0: Oh, well, it really didn't phase me, you know? It really didn't.
1: Date must have been going pretty well.
0: Yeah. The, f- <laughs> the, the food was pretty good. It was pretty
1: good. <laughs> Amy Fisher's book is called If I Knew Then, because if you knew then... I, I wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be here today. No. Thank you. The best to you. And your new baby to come. Thank you. you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, The Podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening.
0: You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well, then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try
2: it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.